0: Consulting is running a series of podcasts during which we hear about the careers and backgrounds of some of the world's most successful technology leaders. Today we are talking with Sarah Lipscomb, Head of Data at Holiday Extras and founder of Kent Women in Tech. Hello Sarah, thank you for taking the time to join us today. Hi Sam, it's great to be here. (laughs) Uh, So let's kick off with the first question. Uh, you've enjoyed a successful career within the data industry with over 18 years of SLQ and analytical experience. Can you tell us what made you decide to pursue your career in this sector?
1: Yeah, um, I think uh, with many people, I didn't, I'm not sure I had a clear plan as such as to where, <laughs> where I was going to um, end up. But um, I've always enjoyed maths. That was always something that I just sort of enjoyed and was quite good at. So um, I took a degree in management science. Um, with kind of a view that that was going to be a practical, a practical subject to get a job in. Um, and was lucky to get my first job at Holiday Extras 19 years ago now <laughs> as a business information executive. Um, and that's sort of really where it began. So I sort of started out um, working on spreadsheets and, you know, dabbling with database and um, was able to sort of move into um, NMI, uh, head of MI at Holiday Extras looking after budgeting and forecasting and all our analytical reporting um, and over time i think i just realized that i sort of had this really strong desire um, for good good quality data i was always um, championing to make sure that the data was right in the first place and i think that's where it's really sort of led me to sort of lead the lead the data team because um, data quality and data literacy is so important across the business and they can really really make a difference i think um, to how business can perform if they're if they're um, in place so
0: yeah so that I think that's sort of how, I, <laughs> how I've ended up where I am and then um, what personal qualities do you possess that have enabled you to be successful working within the technology industry
1: I think you need to be um, have a have a healthy dose of skepticism in <laughs> <laughs> as well as sort of being quite curious so I think um, you always have to looking at the data with an eye on why things are happening um not 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 accepting them on face value sort of working out why it might look like that is and i think that goes for whether something's performing well or if it's not um, i think there's always kind of always asking why why is that happening why what's driven that result um do we really understand it and that goes for data that's presented from somebody else or even data that i've run myself so i I won't sort of uh I won't necessarily trust my own data either. <laughs> I always like to make sure that I can validate it and um I understand why something's happened um so I think that's sort of kind of just sort of something that i guess is me that sort of you know problem solving and um investigating why but i think um as you sort of move through your career, you need to pick up some some other kind of personal qualities along along the way, and I think resilience is is one of those, um, especially sort of working with stakeholders and sort of the business and kind of um, getting that balance um, between delivering quickly, which is obviously what the business is always going to want, alongside um, delivering those sort of scalable data products, which is what um, what really sort of helped the business um, move quicker in the long term. Um, and I sort of also think that I sort of have quite a lot of kind of um, need to Work on influencing influencing skills again to kind of help the business understand why we want to sort of drive back best practice and sort of see that sometimes um, work adding a little bit of extra time up front is going to save a lot of time um, in the long run. So kind of helping the stakeholders um, understand that and sort of buy in buy into that.
0: Great answer, mm-hmm. thank you. And is there anything you'd wish you'd known when you first began your career?
1: I don't think there's anything so much I wish I'd known, because I think data is so fast paced. Things are changing all the time. So I think there's always there's always new tech coming out. There's always something new out there. So I think you're never going to know everything at the beginning. Um, But I think if I was sort of going to go back and talk to my younger self, um, I think I'd tell tell her to be a little bit braver and to worry a little bit less. Um, Because, you know, I think most of the time when you think, what's the worst can, that's gonna happen? It's not gonna be that bad, so <laughs> yeah. I just go for it.
0: <laughs> a question I ask all my guests, uh, what are the main challenges you currently face your company? The travel industry has taken a devastating hit this year. Would you be able to share with us how things are at Holiday Extras currently?
1: Yeah, obviously you can't escape that um, Holiday Extras is, is in the travel industry. And um, as you said, it's had such a catastrophic impact um, on on the area we work in, and um, so right now we've sort of really happened to be so focused on the priorities, really sort of making sure that we're working on the absolutely most important um, areas of the business, things that are going to make a difference right now, because um, we need to sort of make sure that we, you know, we're getting every booking, we're making sure that we're responding to our customers in the best possible way. Um, so for us, um, that means that we're sort of working with biz- with um, our teams on really tactical um, tactical areas to make sure that they've got the data they need right now, um, and to make it as quick as possible for them to do that. Um, but um, we also sort of um, trying to take this opportunity to kind of make sure that as we're doing it, we're not building up too much tech debt, so that you know as we come through um, come through the other side and sort of make the recovery. But actually, we're able to iterate quickly and move move quickly then, too. Um, But um, I guess thinking about it, sort of um, one of the sort of opportunities that come out of this is that we're working in much smaller teams and working kind of more cross-functional. So um, data scientists and data engineers are really embedded in the teams um, across the business. And that gives a lot of opportunity, actually, because it means they're really close to what the teams um, and the business is trying to achieve. And they can really understand the problems in a much deeper way. And it means they can sort of build um, data products or um, models that are really, really well connected to what the business needs. Um, so, it, yeah, so I think with all these things, there's with challenges, I think there's always opportunities you can find um, out of it as well. And we've we've actually been able to see a lot of positives um, in terms of the way we've been working and the way we've been able to iterate and be much more agile and lean in our processes um so it's you know there's lots of good things that have come out of it um, in a working working sense as well
0: what advice would you give someone starting their career within the technology industry
1: okay I, I think it's to embrace any opportunity that that comes your way that you might be presented with um and to sort of also make maximum use of all the online resources that are available i think it's sort of amazing sort of, you know, what is available online uh, at the moment. You can pretty much teach yourself any, any, any tech, any, anything you want, basically, online, and you can really sort of shape your learning really easily. So I think that's amazing, and I think to sort of embrace, embrace that would be sort of one, one area. Um, but also um, something that I've sort of um, been working on um, myself in the last few years is sort of expanding a sort of an external network. And I think that I sort of see that, um, especially where I've been in the same company for a long time, I think you sort of you don't have the same chance to sort of um, perhaps create those as you sort of move along. So you sort of maybe have to be a little bit more um, deliberate about it. Um, So um, for me, I kind of see a real real benefit in terms of getting out there and meeting other people, meeting peers in your space and kind of understanding how other people are approaching things and how they're solving problems. Um, and it's sort of yeah, having being connected with people in the same field has has so many um, advantages um, for 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 everybody, really, for, your, for yourself and people you connected with and also the business. so so yeah, it's sort of like you know I think the networking and connecting side is really important.
0: What are the key skills and personal qualities you look for when hiring staff?
1: yeah, so when i'm when I'm recruiting, um, I'm looking actually a lot less about the um, specific technical skills that people have and much more about how they're gonna apply themselves and solve a problem. So um, we've sort of um, previously found it very hard to um, recruit um, sort of data engineers into the company and especially with the kind of you know the tech stack that the specific tech stack that we're using so you have to sort of look a bit more sort of holistically at the person and sort of really understand make sure that they can they've got the right attitude to solving a problem because i think if they've got a good level of tech skills it probably doesn't matter so much what those are you know that they'll be able to pick up whatever we're using but it's about how they how they work with the business how they approach solving problems um, how they handle themselves that way, um, and we had sort of a really good example of this in our in our team, where we actually took somebody from another part of the business who didn't have any background in data at all, um, but we sort of took him as kind of like an internal um, data intern, essentially, and we kind of trained him up. But it was all about his ability to kind of um, willingness to learn really sort of eager to learn new new skills, use the sort of online um, tools like Data Academy and DataCamp and Code Academy and all that sort of thing um, that are available. He was really keen to learn. So he was using those tools um, and he he was also asking the people around him lots of questions. So he had that um, mindset to learn and to progress and ask the questions. So it sort of just shows that you don't necessarily need the specific tech skill to sort of, to progress. So yeah, it's more for me about the softer skills than um, the specific tech skills um, when we're looking to recruit.
0: What do you think will be the key employment challenges faced by the next generation of employee?
1: So I think we can see right now where there's a lot, um, there's obviously a lot less jobs um, and there's the same amount of people and obviously people still going to university and sort of coming through. So I see that the job market is going to be really competitive for quite some time um and you know as i said earlier the barriers to tech are a lot lower so you can you know anyone can be learning these skills online these days you don't necessarily need to go to university to get to get the skills you need to do you know a lot of the data roles so i think it's going to be how do you make sure that you stand out how do you make sure that an employer is going to want to pick you over all the other applicants that are going for the same job so i think that's going to be sort of quite a big big challenge um but i think one of again one of the things that The sort of positives out of this is that actually, as we see this switch to remote working, um, that actually opens up, I think it opens up for the employer and the employee, because there's not that geographical barrier so much anymore. Um, It doesn't matter so much where that job is based. So I think that that has big benefits to the employer because they can make sure they've got um, the best possible person for the role and not just somebody who is, you know, (laughs) 10 miles down the road. But also as an employee, again, it means you can work for the best company. You don't need to worry necessarily about the commute quite so much. And you can make sure that you're working for a company you really, really want to work for. Um, So I think, again, I think there's always there's always positives and opportunities that come out of this. And I think remote working is going to be one of those things that I think will really um, open up the market as well.
0: You are the founder of Kent Women in Tech. Could you give our listeners an overview on why you started and what is it you do?
1: Yeah, well, it all came about because um, I was starting to, um, as I said earlier, trying to sort of get out and network with network more. And um, what I realised is that um, a lot of conferences are, are, especially tech conferences, are very male dominated. Um, which, which makes sense when I think about fifteen percent of people in data are, are women. It yeah. obviously it would make sense that um, conferences are that way <laughs> that way weighted as well. Yeah. Um, but for me, it wasn't necessarily, um, I wasn't getting the most out of them. Um, I could, you know, sometimes the, that, can, that can be a little bit intimidating, depending on what sort of conference it is. So um, I sort of found um, the Women in Data um, conference, and uh, it was it was quite eye-opening, really. I sort of turned up to this conference and was quite astounded by how many women there were <laughs> in data. <laughs> and it was amazing to sort of be able to make those connections with people. Um, so I attended a few of those meetups and then sort of realised that they're, they're really great and I was getting a lot out of them but they're in London and being based in Kent it's it's quite a lot to sort of get up to London for six o'clock in the evening and it's, it's it can make for a very long day and I kind of saw an opportunity for creating something in the local area there wasn't really anything else around that was something for women to connect in sort of the tech tech space so I, um, I decided to sort of give it a go basically and sort of asked a few of my colleagues um, what they thought they thought it was a good idea so we just we just gave it a go and I think we've done sort of six or seven meetups now in the last year so it's it's great and it's really um, the p- purpose is about connecting connecting um, women and men we have um, a good number of sort of men that sort of um, come along and support the event as well um, but it's about creating a forum for people and women in the local area to connect and sort of um, share you know share challenges or share share approaches on things um, and you know before covid we were able to meet in person which was great but we've we've continued it uh, online and we'll we'll pick it up again in person when we can but um it's great it's great that we have men attending as well because it's really um nothing's going to change um if it's just a uh, led by women it's got to be probably yeah. men involved in it as well
0: you are a very busy lady <laughs> um, what are your interests outside of work and how do you relax
1: yeah, I'm probably I'm probably not that great at relaxing. Um, I'm not very good at sitting down for very long. I'm always always thinking about something else I could be doing. But um, I've got uh, I've got two young children, and um, obviously I love spending time with them. Um, you know, whether it's sitting on the sofa and watching a, a film with them, or you know, getting outdoors, going into the woods, and sort of you know um, playing in the woods with them. Um, so we sort of love get love getting outdoors and sort of being um, being with being with my children. Um, but outside of that, I also like um, long distance walking. So um, my friends and I sort of started doing the moon walk, which is an overnight marathon. Um, and then we moved on to doing a 100k walk um, along the Jurassic coastline. Wow. And yeah, yeah, it's amazing. And um, I just love it because it means you sort of you're getting out, you're seeing um, you're seeing the countryside in a completely different way because you're when you're covering those long distances, you're really seeing it evolving and changing. Um, and because it's it's much slower when you're walking, you can really appreciate it. So I just love that sense of being outdoors and in the open, but also being with like good friends to have sort of you know good conversations with as well.
0: To finish up our last question today, uh, we've touched on the subject of COVID nineteen, um, but what do you think will be its impact on the global economy during the upcoming years?
1: Wow, it's this is a this is a killer question, isn't yeah, it? <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> um, I mean, really, we're, we're only at the beginning, aren't we, of the impact. Um, and you can already see that there's so many businesses that are struggling. Um, you know, obviously travel is one of those industries that is is massively impacted. Um, but I think you can always you can always see the other areas that are flourishing as well. There's lots of areas that are benefiting from this situation as well. And um you can see that in the sort of the online shopping, how our 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 buying habits have obviously massively shifted towards um online shopping not just not just for food but for everything and you can sort of notice that in the high street so you can really really get this sense that the high street is going to really change um over the next few years there's going to be a lot more empty shops even more than were before where you know and people are just not going to go to the high street as much as much as they did um because there's just that sense that actually you don't need to so much and where we're all trying to sort of keep safe you sort of want to minimise your minimise your sort of exposure as much as possible don't you so that that is going to have a big um, impact Um, and I think the other one that you can sort of see which is kind of linked is this the the remote working so whilst I think there's there's loads of positives sort of on an individual basis for remote working you can just sort of already get a sense of the impact that's going to have on you know things like train stations and for you know the places where the commuters were going to because all those you know the sandwich shops and the all the shops that were centered around commuters are are gonna are just gonna struggle so um i think it's i think it's gonna take quite a while to recover um you can see that in travel that you know obviously um people are desperate to go away we know that people want to go away um but obviously they can't There's, there's so many restrictions right now um so it's just about being able to i think yeah get the industry back up, we're allowed to fly again. And I think I know people will start, will start flying as soon as they possibly can, but it's, it definitely feels like this is, this is a long haul, uh, a long haul recovery. It's not, we, we've got, it feels like we've got to sort of get worse before we can get better again, unfortunately.
0: That was a great answer to the question. <laughs> thank you. Um, and that's all we've got time for today. So thank you very much for for joining me.
1: Thank you so much for asking me, it's been great.